We won this public narrative with the support of the American people. Between President Biden and Speaker McCarthy, House Republicans won from start to finish. Ah, uh, yes. That's Elise Stefanik. Um, we won from start to finish. And we're going to add $4 trillion to the national debt, or maybe a lot more than that, because it's an open-ended proposition. I, uh, Washington is a crazy place, isn't it? People come here and things happen. Kukuki Choo. Well, happy, uh, happy Thursday to you once again. And um, the big bill passed. It uh, passed last night. And I've got the FBI update for you uh, as well. And um, and a great moment at the White House briefing yesterday, a fun moment. So I got an action-packed final hour for you today. And before I get to all that big stuff, I've got I've got another crazy one for you with the uh, the Congress and our federal government, and uh, and we have uh, a few representatives and senators in Washington D.C. Uh, today, getting a gold star is Senator Joni Ernst, the Republican from Iowa, and and uh, there's a lot to like about her. I've got to say, the uh, the headline from yesterday: U.S. government sent 1.3 billion dollars of our dollars. These are our dollars, of course. What do you think the average taxpayer sends to the federal government in a lifetime? In a lifetime, because that that's an important number. I should know that number off the top of my head. I've looked it up before. But there are a lot of numbers, you know. And uh, if you take $1.3 billion and then divide that by the number of Americans, American taxpayers, that would pay into the federal government coffers for an entire lifetime, how many thousands of Americans will work their entire lifetimes just for this to send the money to Washington, just so the government can send $1.3 billion to China and Russia for gender equality, cat experiments, and Wuhan lab research. You know, math is important. Um, at least it used to be. Washington continued spending it so out of uh, spending is so out of hand, she said, it's losing track of Americans' hard-earned taxpayer dollars, said GOP Senator Joni Ernst. There are, there are two different numbers. What are the two different numbers? One, one organization says the average American in a lifetime will pay $533,000. Does that say federal taxes or total taxes? It just says total. Total taxes. So that's not federal. So that's going to include state and local and sales and everything else. And what's the other number? 340000 340000 So you may, uh, and, th- and that doesn't say federal either, right? So the, the amount you pay to a federal government, the average, is going to be less than the total tax burden of a, an American taxpayer over the course of a lifetime. So thousands of Americans work their entire lifetimes, and then these people in Washington just kind of squirt it out and give it to the Wuhan uh, death lab in Wuhan, China, and things like that. So the U.S. government has given Chinese and Russian entities at least $1.3 billion for various research programs over the past five years, according to an analysis released Wednesday by Republican Iowa Senator Joni Ernst and watchdog group Open the Books. You know, that Washington definitely doesn't want to open the books. The analysis revealed that millions of taxpayer dollars have been given to, among others, 
the Chinese software developer for military tech support, a Russian health insurance provider that has since been sanctioned uh, by the U.S. government, and Chinese agriculture companies who are buying up land in the United States of America near U.S. military bases, and we're letting them, and Democrats will fight you if you want to stop that. And it showed the federal government gave $2 million, more than previously reported. Now, this is, this is kind of an important thing here because they, they've been lying to us about the numbers all along. But $2 million more than previously reported to, guess who? The Wuhan Institute of Virology in Wuhan, China. So uh, the federal government gave $2 million more than previously reported. We already knew that they had given hundreds of thousands to the Chinese state-run Wuhan lab studying bat coronaviruses. Ernst said in a statement that came out with the report, Washington's continued spending is so out of hand, it is losing track of Americans' hard-earned taxpayer dollars, but I am creating accountability for every penny. Well, isn't that what all of members, all members of Congress are supposed to do? It is gravely concerning that no one in Washington can actually account for millions sent to Russia and China for pointless projects, she said. But I have the receipts. I'm shining a light on, these rec- on this reckless spending so bureaucrats can no longer cover their tracks and taxpayers can know exactly what their hard-earned dollars are funding. Now, that is a, an excellent idea. It is what Congress is supposed to do every day. But they don't. And if we had a news media, it would be what uh, they would do as well. But uh, it's not. It's not what they do. What they do is they whiz it all away and uh, it goes to special interests. And if the special interests are communist China and Putin's Russia, then, you know, that all makes perfect sense, right? So among the uh, things that she found, $100,000 to promote gender equality in China, a program that will advance gender equality awareness because they want gender equality awareness in China. So we're spending our, you know, whatever you paid in taxes last year and the year before went to increase gender equality awareness in China. $770,000 went to a state-run laboratory in Russia to put, listen to this, cats on treadmills. Remember the shrimp on treadmills that we were paying for? Right? And, of course, Anthony Fauci, they were torturing those beagles. Remember the beagle torture? That was good stuff. So 770000 to put cats on treadmills in Russia. $2 million to China's state-run Wuhan Institute of Virology, in addition to what we already knew. $2.4 million for alcohol and addiction research in Russia. This is an area where they should have some expertise already, I, I think. Why we would be funding that, I'm not sure. $4.7 million for a health insurance company in Russia. We funneled $4.7 million. How many taxpayers work all year long to send their money to Washington so that the $4.7 million can go to a health insurance company in Russia, which probably doesn't insure anything having to do with health? And $6 million American dollars went to tech support for China. China, you see, um, and and this is amazing. Tech support going to China, and they were providing tech support to U.S. military software. That's a good idea to have China, 
You know that we're very, very heavily reliant on China for our military munitions and ammunition because Congress is that dumb. Truly astonishing stuff. So U.S. military software that helps with equipment and supply delivery, supply chain issues, and we went to China for their tech support on that and gave them $6 million of our dollars because Democrats and Republicans, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and bet mostly because of Democrats. So Senator Joni Ernst's report shows uh, that uh, we're, we're stupid is what it shows. Pretty amazing stuff. Mm-mm-mm. Russia and China and uh, software and munitions. At least $816 million went to Russian entities through direct contracts, $35 million of it through direct grants, and around $21 million in subcontracts and subgrants. We have subgrants. We have grants, and then we have subgrants. We have contracts, then we have subcontracts. That's your, your Democrat Party and your government in Washington, honestly. Because it's not 100% on the Democrats, not by a long shot. All right, now uh, we just had the big, uh, the big, big, right? Um, the big deal that uh, Kevin McCarthy is excited about. He thinks it's a wonderful deal that he struck. And, and the media is giving Joe Biden credit for it and calling Kevin McCarthy an idiot because they're the news media. And that's the news media that we have, not the news media that we would like. Right? This is fabulous. This is one of the best nights I've ever been here. One of the best nights I've ever been here. All right. You know, that, that could work grammatically. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Now, one of the issues that Kevin McCarthy is facing is there are Republicans who are suggesting that perhaps he shouldn't be speaker after this, and we should be looking at someone else as a possible speaker. And our friend calling from Tampa wanted to talk about that and talk about Byron Donalds being a replacement uh, for Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. Uh, Manu Raju of uh, CNN Fake News uh, was there shouting questions. Are you worried that this may make your speakership less secure? And uh, McCarthy didn't answer because it's not a question he wants, and it's not a question he wants to answer, so he didn't answer it. Less secure? Not at all. Not at all. He's walking away, right? He's running, not at all. And then uh, Congressman Ken Buck on uh, CNN um, being asked because CNN is put in the news media, they're pushing, hey, uh, this could create all kinds of chaos in the Republican ranks and they control the House. So, Team Democrat, that includes CNN and MSDNC and well, ABC and CBS and NBC and uh, MSNBC and the Washington Post and the New York Times. So it, it sounded kind of like this on CNN. Yeah, I think you should be concerned. I'm not suggesting that the, the votes are there to remove the speaker, but uh, the, the speaker promised that we would operate at 2022 appropriations levels when he got the support to be speaker. He's now changed that to 2023 levels plus 1%. That's a, that's a, a major change for a lot of people. And so I, after this vote, and he will win the vote tonight, but after this vote, we will have discussions uh, about whether there should be a motion to vacate or not. Motion to vacate. That is to uh, remove uh, Kevin McCarthy as speaker. Ken Buck is a Republican from the great state of Colorado and uh, was uh, on uh, the cable news network being asked about it. And, and of course, they're, they're looking to, to sow chaos in the uh, Republican ranks. And there are a number of Republican members of the House 
that uh, that like the idea. Also, now this is a little bit surprising, perhaps Marjorie Taylor Greene on the uh, the big bill that passed last night. If my friends and colleagues in the Freedom Caucus want a motion to vacate over that, that is absolutely absurd. Simply because we passed a a, a debt ceiling bill that actually cuts spending. It actually cuts spending, says Marjorie Taylor Greene, and adds at least $4 trillion to the national debt, which isn't really cutting spending. It's just, it's uh, somebody, well, we, uh, you know, we know. It's it's the thing. Uh, and there are Republicans, and we'll, we'll get to the audio here. Here is uh, Congressman Garrett Graves, Congressman uh, Garrett uh, Graves, and uh, he supports the bill. Uh, he likes the way it was done. This is one of the most significant pieces of legislation that's ever passed, and I'll say it again. With a bumpy start and many people with incredibly low expectations, we've once again passed transformational legislation, and as the speaker said, it's just the first step. It's uh, going to add at least $4 trillion to that. I mean, that's, that, you just can't get past, I can't get past that anyway, that that's uh, key to the whole thing. Did you get border security? Did you... Did you you know, they cut the little spending here and there, but it's not a huge victory. It's true that the, the, the Republicans only control the House of Representatives. Democrats have the lizard king in charge over in the Senate, and they got Joe Biden in the White House. Uh, so that is a big deal, obviously. Um, but, but at the same time, I've got, uh, I've got more for you. It's, it is, uh, uh, there are Republicans who are raising uh, uh, eyebrows and sounding the alarm, and I've got them coming up for you as well. It's official. Reports say that the banking collapse of 2023 has been more devastating than the banking collapse of 2008 was. And right now, a series of global financial dominoes are falling all over the place. It's certainly not over yet. So don't wait for that email saying, sorry, your account has been frozen. you got to take action right now. We've all got to take action right now to protect what we've worked so hard to build over the years. Time to call my friends at American Alternative Assets and request your free wealth protection guide. You want to protect your wealth? Give them a call at 888, the number 4, gold 20. Call them right now. Call today. Before it slips by you, call 888-446-5360. This invaluable guide will outline the precise steps that you need to take immediately to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals all without tax consequences. Call American Alternative Assets at 888-4-GOLD-20 to get your free gold and silver guide today. Once again, call 888-446-5360. Individual results may vary. There is no guarantee that past performance will be indicative of future results. Seek your own tax, legal, investment, and financial advice before opening an account. Burning down a house. Yeah, Washington. Wonder why people don't like Washington. Well, at least we've got a lot of carjackings. Hey, Chris here with some exciting news. Now you can listen to me live on the WMAL app. Doesn't matter if you're in your car, in the office, on the go. The WMAL app delivers crystal clear, around-the-clock news coverage anywhere with cell service or Wi-Fi. So don't miss a second of your favorite shows. Download the WMAL app today on the Apple App Store or at Google Play Store. 
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. I do like Congressman Byron Donalds from Florida. I think he's great. Played a lot of his audio yesterday about what was going on on Capitol Hill then. Um, Kevin McCarthy, uh, I, I just don't think this this whole effort gets the job done, uh, you know, my humble opinion. Uh, but there is another possibility out there, and that is make Donald Trump the Speaker of the House. You know, you do not have to be a member of Congress to be the Speaker of the House. It's uh, one of those quirks we have in our in our laws and the Constitution and the regulations. Uh, I could become Speaker of the House tomorrow uh, without being elected to the House of Representatives. And uh, it's, it's a quirky thing, but it's fun. And President Trump, this has been discussed. I'm not coming up with this. This is not original, an original thought right now. But I, I haven't heard anybody mention it lately. Uh, and... Uh, making Donald Trump Speaker of the House for the... Now, I guess he's going to be busy running for president and everything. But that'd be that'd be fun. He could probably do both jobs and uh, come into Washington when you really needed the Speaker to wrestle something to the ground. But uh, I think this would have gone very differently if uh, Donald Trump had been, had been Speaker of the House. There would have been a fight, and it would have been fun. Uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. Um, let's, uh, let's grab a quick call. Michael, let's go to Mark calling from Reston, Virginia. Marcus, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Hey, Chris. Good hey, morning. So Kevin uh, McCarthy's and I think NTG, their claims that this bill has the largest spending cuts in history, that's completely akin to the president of the United States claiming that he created, pick a number, millions of jobs since he's taken office. They think we're stupid. I mean, they really do. I'm kind of thoroughly disgusted. COVID hit, spending went completely out of, completely, completely out of control. And then now Kevin McCarthy and everybody claims victory because they've cut back spending a little bit. No, you haven't cut any spending. You just reduce the rate of increase, right? It's the same old game, the same old story. Yeah. We just keep hurling, you know. Interest rates rise, which means all the payments you make for, on all this debt that we have goes up, and it's just that we're in this spiral. Yes, we are. And I tell you, I've got Senator Mike Lee uh, audio coming up for you, and I think he'll appreciate what uh, Senator Mike Lee had to say. And we have Rand Paul, too, right? Mike Lee, very strong. That's coming up. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's yeah, safe. I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. You know, uh, 
There is no music this cool that's come out in the last, uh, I'll just say, five years. But that's for sure. Here's a uh, crazy story for you. Family Feud star. Now, you're not really a star when you're on Family Feud. That's a stupid headline already by the left-wing nutcases at uh, the Daily Beast. Family Feud, I'll say, uh, you know, participant. Timothy Bleifnick, convicted of murdering his estranged wife. This just happened yesterday, the uh, the conviction. Now, Timothy Bleifnick, uh, the jury reached a verdict, family feud murder trial, as it was called. Jurors began deliberating on Wednesday, and uh, now he's uh, been convicted of murdering his wife. An Illinois jury found a former family feud contestant guilty in the murder of his estranged wife, Timothy Bleifnick, was convicted on all charges in the murder case of the accomplished nurse, his estranged wife, a lovely woman, a nurse. They have three sons. She had three sons. And a fixture in her local church amid a grueling divorce and custody battle. Now, here's the crazy thing about this. Bleifnick, who lived about a mile away from his estranged wife, uh, they were separated, was accused of breaking into Rebecca uh, Becky Bleifnick's uh, home and uh, through a second-story window and shooting her 14 times. He shot her 14 times, and he killed her. Uh, prosecutors said that ought to do it, I, I think, pretty, pretty thorough. Prosecutors allege that he researched ways to commit the crime on Google. That's, that's uh, ill-advised. Uh, rode to her house on a bicycle, pried the second-story window open with a crowbar, and shot her dead. You know, people always think they're going to get away with murder, especially of your estranged wife while you're going through a nasty divorce. That's every day is an IQ test, and that's not very bright. But the reason this is getting attention is because of the appearance on Family Feud. You know, the family was on because it's Family Feud. And um, the uh, the now-convicted murderer was was in the dock, and he was being asked, uh, I guess, you know, in the dock on Family Feud, being asked, uh, what is the big, here's the, the question they got, what is the biggest mistake you made on your wedding day? Uh, this is the Family Feud question, and here's how he answered. This is in 2020 that he was, they, the family was on Family Feud, and, uh, and he was asked, what was the biggest mistake you made on your wedding day? What's the biggest mistake you made at your wedding? Honey, I love you, but said I do. (laughs) Not my mistake. Not my mistake. I love my wife. (laughs) I'm going to get in trouble for that, aren't I? Uh, You think? So uh, there he is. He he said the biggest mistake that he made uh, was uh, saying I do on his wedding day. And uh, here's the uh, here's the thing. Now that was a couple of years ago, and now he's just been convicted of murdering her, uh, the three sons, and uh, now basically orphaned. And um, he shot her 14 times. The prosecutors say because they were married for 14 years. Ah, true love never dies. I guess it wasn't true love. Complete psychopath. And when he was on. Uh, family Feud, he looked like a very clean cut, you know, like a healthy, fit police officer kind of guy. Pictures of him being refereed as kids' uh, football games and, and stuff. And uh, looks like a very happy family. 
and then things went uh, south. Family Feud. And, and here's the crazy thing also. On the big board, because Michael Pierce and I were talking about this, as I, I'm thinking when the question is, what was the uh, worst thing you did on your wedding day? The uh, saying, uh, giving the answer, saying I do, is probably not going to be one of the answers. But in fact, it was number two. It was the number two answer on the big board on Family Feud. Biggest mistake on your wedding day was saying I do was the number two answer. And uh, then 14 years, 14 shots. Me, I'm a true love guy. I'm a true love guy all the way. And, uh, and I don't think I would have given that answer on, uh, on the Family Feud. But that's me. All right, let's get, uh, you know, uh, Mark was our last caller. And... Uh, and uh, brought up some very good points, made uh, very intelligent observations, offered intelligent observations. And, uh, and with that, there's more audio to get to on the big deal that was cut in, uh, in Washington last night that has everybody all excited. Congresswoman Nancy Mace was on the television talking about the, the deal that was made last night, and she's none too thrilled with what we got. Congress made a lot of promises uh, with this deal that were not met on paper, and uh, I can't remember the last time Congress made a promise it could actually keep. Can't remember the last time Congress made a promise it could actually keep. Um, honestly, we're, we're just we're getting everything wrong in the United States these days. Congress has always been sloppy, and that's fine. And, you know, back and forth in the Senate and the House and different parties, uh, great, great. Uh, but we're, we're just not functioning as we ought to be functioning as a, as our uh, republic uh, for a lot of reasons. Senator Mike Lee is a, uh, is a great American, and, and he likes the truth. And he came out last night to talk about what happened as the bill heads over to the Senate where he will be in a position to, uh, to vote on it. Senator Mike Lee, and this I thought of... Uh, I thought of Senator Mike Lee when I was talking to Mark a couple of minutes ago. Uh, Senator Mike Lee on the, on the big deal. It's a shell game of sorts, a carefully orchestrated act to create the false illusion of savings. It represents the victory of expediency over integrity. Expediency over integrity, and it's a shell game, um, an act to create a false illusion. Right? Is false illusion redundant? It could be. In, in any case, uh, it was uh, well said, and and I, I've, I've got to say that I I agree with uh, Senator Mike Lee that this is a shell game and a false illusion, and and uh, the, you know, oh hey, look at all the money we're saving. Just don't look over here, right? Hey, we cut this thing over there, and uh, then we're adding trillions to the debt, and that's not a big win as far as I'm concerned. Um, Senator Mike Lee. Now, the consequence of this surrender in this bill are grave. If enacted, this bill would grant President Biden everything without meaningful safeguards or provisions to address the pressing issues. Uh, Donald Trump for speaker. What do you say? Um, and he just, he just uh, calls him out and says this is a lot of hooey. Well, it may be hailed as some sort of triumph of bipartisanship, the American people will ultimately bear the brunt of its shortcomings. You see, not everything that is bipartisan is, in fact, in the interests of the American people. Bipartisanship and compromise are an inevitability. Yeah, uh, you know, honestly, um, yeah, just, oh, it was a bipartisan. More, more Democrats voted for it in the House than Republicans. And there are more Republicans in the House than there are Democrats. So that's a that's a clue. That's a breadcrumb 
on the way to the, uh, uh, the Bernie the Bolshevik was there. He's a, a Soviet communist, and uh, Bernie Sanders, whose volunteer shot Congressman Steve Scalise on that baseball field that day. Uh, Bernie Sanders doesn't like it, but he doesn't like it for other reasons because, you know, you got to go big or go home. He's, he's here to break the bank and to wreck the place. I cannot in good conscience vote for a bill that takes vital nutrition assistance away from women, infants, children, and seniors while refusing to ask billionaires to stop paying their fair share of taxes. That's right. The billionaires are not paying their fair share. We could take every dollar that every billionaire has completely away, just strip them of every penny that they have, and it would run the government for hours. But uh, that doesn't matter because he's anti-capitalist, he's anti-success, he's anti-American, he's anti-everything good. And it's always the children. Well, what if we took the money from the nutrition program and give it to Planned Parenthood, Bernie? Then you'd be on the horns of a dilemma, wouldn't you? That's right. That was a Satan reference with the horns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the the nutritional assistance for children and women, and uh, and infants and and the elderly. Sure, that's what's happening. Right. That's what's going on. Um, the lies are so big. It's just uh, just amazing. Yeah. The the Democrat stories just keep popping. They fall through the ceiling tiles all day long. Story today, Oklahoma parent sues after her daughter was allegedly, quote, severely beaten, end quote, by transgender student in bathroom. 15-year-old girl in Oklahoma, severely beaten by a 17-year-old transgender student. That would be a boy, a young man, old enough to pre-sign up for the Marine Corps, beating up a 15-year-old girl in the school bathroom because, why, why, Michael? Democrats. Democrats is the complete answer there. Oklahoma resident and her mother suing a local school district after a 15-year-old daughter was allegedly severely beaten by a 17-year-old transgender student, biological male in the girls' room, in the girls' bathroom. The attack, according to the lawsuit, filed May 25th, occurred at Edmond Memorial High School, October 26, 2022. Takes a long time for these legal things to play out, doesn't it? The uh, parent is seeking $75,000 in damage for severe physical and mental injuries. Honestly, you should sue for like $45 million. It should be maybe $75 million because the school district doesn't care about $75,000. You know, they've got their trans inclusion rallies and uh, their flags and things. So uh, come on, let's get serious here. Uh, I'm telling you. Yes, sir. What is that? People are saying they couldn't hear the family feud clip. Is that what happened? Couldn't hear the family feud clip? Really? Is that right? Oh, we're hearing we had an acoustic problem with the family feud clip. That's that's problematic. Because <clears throat> that was the sound bite that, uh, you know, that uh, kind of uh, framed up the whole story. For Pete's sake, for the love of Mike. Well, should I recreate it? Um, <laughs> because the the... The guy, you know, he's, uh, he's asking. What's the biggest mistake you made at your wedding? Honey, I love you, but said I do. 
I'm so sorry. I apologize uh, profusely. It's probably the construction going on in her. We're going to blame the construction instead of Michael Piercy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, sometimes on a radio show, when you do 15 hours a week, you have a hiccup here and there. And that was a hiccup. So there's the guy. He's on the family feud. And uh, biggest mistake he made on his wedding day. The first, number one, what was number one? It was drinking too much on the wedding day. Uh, that was number one. Number two was saying I do. That was on the big board. And Steve Harvey was uh, shaking his head and looking at the guy and rolling his eyes. Steve Harvey's a, a naturally funny guy and uh, uh, seems very pleasant and humorous. And, and, and he's like, I'm sorry, you just gave that answer? Saying I do? And then years later, well, just a couple of years later, he is convicted of murdering his wife by shooting her 14 times after 14 years of marriage. And he thought he had plotted it all out by Googling how to murder uh, your wife, Right which is uh, an old movie, How to Murder Your Wife. It's a Jack Lemmon uh, movie. But never mind that. That's not important now. All right, let's, uh, speaking of How to Murder Your Wife, let's get to the corrupt FBI because it continues. The FBI and Christopher Wray, the corrupt FBI director, uh, not to be confused with J. Edgar Comey, the previous corrupt FBI director, Comer and Grassley to Ray provide the unclassified document or face contempt now, contempt of Congress, in theory, can actually lead to jail time. Uh, but the only person I'm aware of that is facing jail time for contempt of Congress is Steve Bannon. And uh, he's with the wrong political party, you know, when it comes to the FBI and the courts. And it's, uh, I think it's that Obama judge again, isn't it? It's that Obama-appointed judge again, Amit. And uh, Comer and Grassley are saying... Um, that they've got to hand over this document, this document that that a whistleblower came to Congress and said, from the FBI, and said, the FBI has this document and has had it for years. And the document, the uh, person that, that, that the FBI, the, uh, the testimony that the FBI has, says that um, Joe Biden has taken millions of dollars from foreign entities in exchange for, you know, um, well, they, they paid him off. They bought him off for influence peddling. That's the That's the... The allegation here, and the committee knows all about it. The House Oversight Committee. It's the Committee on Oversight and Accountability, and Chairman James Comer, uh, and Senator Chuck Grassley, who's the king of whistleblowers on Capitol Hill. He's in the Senate, of course. They uh, issued a statement yesterday saying, you know, the FBI Director Christopher Ray confirmed the existence of the FBI document FD-1023, this form that alleges that then-Vice President Joe Biden engaged in a criminal bribery scheme with a foreign national. However, the director, Christopher Wray, is uh, not going to hand it over. He's not handing it over. And that's that's berserk. Um, there was also a question, an actual exchange at the White House briefing yesterday that I want to share with you that's that's actually relevant, pertinent, and important. A New York Post reporter, not a New York Times or Washington Post reporter, not a CNN reporter, not a fake NBC News reporter, but a New York Post reporter had a question uh, for Cobble Kirby, right? our very own Baghdad Bob. And it was kind of an amazing moment. I'm going to share that with you when we come back. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but... 
Are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen. All right, um... Now, Congressman James Comer, House Oversight Committee, trying to get to the bottom of the Biden organized crime family corruption, and there are many schemes. The Treasury Department is stonewalled. The the FBI is stonewalling and obstructing justice. They should uh, actually charge FBI Director Christopher Wray with uh, not just contempt of Congress, but obstructing justice, because that's what he's doing. And uh, James Comer, again, He's saying, well, you can come in and see the document in question at FBI headquarters in a sensitive compartmented information facility, a skiff, where you can't have your cell phone or a camera, you can't even remember what you see, and it's going to be heavily redacted, so line after line will be blacked out, because um, from what I can tell from here, uh, Christopher Ray is a crook who's engaged in a criminal conspiracy to cover up crimes by the current President of the United States and his family. And uh, Congressman Comer last night on the Sean Hannity show. He offered us the opportunity to come look at it in a private ship, but he he was going to redact it. My experience with getting documents from the FBI when they're redacted, there's very, it's all black lines. They don't show anything. We've seen a pattern of Joe Biden when he was vice president leaving a country after he talks about foreign aid and foreign policy and his family members start receiving payments from that company. We saw that in Romania. We've seen that in China. We've seen that in other countries. That would suggest that this allegation has merit. Yeah, and uh, look, you know, if you followed the, the laptop and the emails and the text messages and the Joe Biden bragging about having the prosecutor fired in Ukraine, that was investigating Burisma Gas Company that was paying his son and his son's friend about a million dollars a year each. No big deal for no-show jobs in an industry in which he had never worked. Then at the White House yesterday, they had a briefing with Cobble Kirby, our very own Baghdad Bob, former one-star admiral. And, and Cobble Kirby was asked this question by Stephen Nelson of the New York Post about a Harris-Harvard poll that uh, most of us believe that Joe Biden is a crook. Harvard-Harris poll this month that found that 53% of the public, including a fourth of Democrats, believe, quote, Joe Biden was involved with his son in an, in an illegal influence peddling scheme. So what do you say to the majority of Americans who believe that the president is himself corrupt? Listen to this BS. Wow. Yes. <laughs> wow. Can I take that question? President, the president, the president has spoken to this. No, he hasn't. Uh, the president has spoken to this. No, he hasn't. Uh, and there's nothing to these claims. That's not true. But that's what we got from Cobble Kirby. Um, two, two, two lies in one. But, uh, you know, it's not he's not under oath when he's at the podium, so he's just lying. He's not committing a crime or perjury or anything. Let's, uh, let's bring him up to Congress and uh, put him under oath. Um, but the Harvard-Harris poll, you got to believe it because it's Harvard-Harris. of us believe that Joe Biden is guilty of being involved in an illegal influence peddling scheme with his son. Surprise, surprise.
Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 